Psalms 145 is the last recorded psalm of David in this book. He wrote most of the psalms, not all of them, and this is the last one. In Hebrew, it is an acrostic. Each verse begins with a word that starts with a different Hebrew letter. Uh, David was a wordsmith, and he liked to do this. Now, there's 21 verses, but 22 Hebrew letters, so how does that work? Well, uh, the 14th letter is missing. The noon is missing for some reason David chose or couldn't think or it didn't get passed down to us. It is a psalm that in some streams of Judaism is quoted or prayed three times a day, twice in the morning and once in the afternoon. They call it the Ashrei or the Ashir because it is preceded by two verses. One is Psalm 84, which begins with the Hebrew word Ishrei or Ishir, which is the word blessed or happy. And it reads, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Selah. Something about living with community with other worshipers. The praise never stops. Let the music play and think about it. Oh, wow, that's what Selah means. And then the other verse it opens with, which also opens with the word Ashrei or Ashir, is the word for happy or blessed, is the verse just preceding Psalm 145, the last verse of Psalm 144, which begins, Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So who's happy? Because they quote Psalm 84. Those who dwell in the house of the Lord have a reason for joy in their life. You know, your family can catch you off. They can disappoint you. You can choose your friends. You can't choose your relatives, right? Um, They can dump you. But you're with people. In covenant, we do not break covenant with one another because of the Lord's provision in our life of people, brothers and sisters in Christ. And so they quote this three times a day, and then the concluding verse at the end is Psalm 115.18 that says, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. So let's begin with verse 15 of Psalm 144 and then just read this together. Happy are the people who are in such a state Remembering they had just quoted from Psalm 84, people that dwell in God's house, they're blessed and happy. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord, whose God is Yahweh. And then the response, Psalm 145, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever. And you say commitment. He's committed to praise. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. And then he begins to praise. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. You can't go to the end of God's greatness. I have a little mathematical question for the mathematical whizzes in here. What is eternity minus a million years? Eternity. His ways are past finding out. 
His riches are unsearchable. Verse 4, one generation shall praise your works to another. So you got two generations there, right? Praising the works of God to each other. So you got the old folks singing the hymns with riches of their faith. And you've got the young folks singing the new songs with the freshness of their faith. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate or I will think about the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Uh, I wrote on meditation in last Wednesday's Hood County News, also known as the KC News. And at the risk of making people mad, I attempted to, to lay out a case for what biblical meditation is, is filling your mind with the grandeur of God, filling your mind with the truth of Scripture. Whereas secular meditation is emptying your mind, sitting uncomfortably in a corner somewhere, chanting a monosyllable. That supposedly is meditation that's going to bring, bring blessing to your life. Obviously, relieving stress is good, but it's, nothing is more stressful than the lies that we are tempted to believe, right? And there's no remedy to that stress like filling your mind with good things. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, And we will fix our thoughts on these things. Jesus, you're true. Jesus, you're right. Jesus, you're pure. Jesus, you're lovely. And we will fix our thoughts on you, Jesus. Jesus, who is like you. That is biblical meditation, filling your mind with the goodness of God. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. So people will appreciate the great things God does, but he's going to focus on the greatness of who God is is. Who's grateful for what he does? Even more grateful for who he is. Because if he wasn't the great I is, he wouldn't be the God who does. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Some people will defend the state of being angry. Well, God gets angry. Yes, he does. But there's two points of his anger I want you to notice. He's slow to anger. And another verse says his anger is but for a moment. Our anger is not like God's anger. Often we are quick to anger. And then our anger lasts for days. Some folks in this room are still angry about stuff. Still blaming your folks for everything in your life that's not going right. 
He is slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. And then he skips a letter, and here comes 14. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. You may be broke, as broke as Job's turkey, but you can eat to the full here today. I thought it was $5. Not if you're broke. You're blessed. Just say, hey, I'll catch you later, and they'll feed you. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly, expectantly. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all His ways, gracious in all His works. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all who call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. How strong is your respect for God? Is it on the level of being fear? That is, you know, you don't run out in a thunderstorm because of fear, right? You greatly respect the power of lightning. Do you respect God like that? Revere him. He will save you. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. And then the conclusion of the Asher. Keep in mind they're doing this three times a day. Psalm 115, 18, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that the truth of your word would be the remedy to our problems, the solution to our dilemmas, the answer to our questions. And Lord, we pray that you would make us the kind of worshipers you are looking for. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're in a series talking about wonderful worship or worshiping the one who is wonderful. It's not about grading worship services. You know, that was a three today when we're aiming for ten. Nothing like that. Um, I think sometimes when we think we had a great worship service, God's not impressed. And sometimes when the simplicity of it is, is gagging to our culture, he's loving it. It's all about making his praise glorious, but also about making a joyful noise. Worshiping the one who is the wonderful one. Not our worship, but he's the one that we are worshiping who is wonderful. 
So today is our fifth attempt to address this subject, and I'd like to speak about, for the next few minutes, on seven Hebrew words for praise. Is there anyone in here old enough to remember when color television became a thing? If you don't have a color TV and you watch TV, run, get one quick before the tariffs kick in. They're cheaper now than ever before in history. That's amazing, isn't it? I remember watching Bonanza in living color. Why'd they call it living color? It was just color, right? We didn't have color before, but it was living color. Living color as opposed to that dead black and white. There was a theater uh, in Dallas, part of the Deep Ellum Complex, that put on black and white plays. Yvette and I went to one of their last uh, plays they put on and experienced it. It was like watching a 3D black and white TV set. It was trippy. Everything was black and white or various shades of gray. Painted, makeup, everything. It was like stunning to watch it. And every now and then someone would have to lip their lips and then there would be a dash of red. It's like, oh yeah, there are humans in there. Well, just as uh, transforming to a black and white picture color is, so is understanding a little bit about languages. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written in Greek. There are no Hebrew manuscripts of the New Testament. Greek was the language of the world, and unlike us Americans, the Jews of Christ's lifetime were not monolinguistic people. It's hard for us to imagine people being bilingual or multilingual, but you go in other parts of the world. In Africa, we've met people that can speak seven languages and can't even read. So languages is a thing. And so they all spoke Greek. It was the language of the world. So deal with it. And so in the Greek language, um, you'll see a word in English for love. But in Greek, there's like at least five different words for love. You know, we love our spouse, but we also love ice cream. Surely there's a difference, right? Well, in Greece, in Greek, there is a difference for that. When Jesus questioned Peter, do you love me? And he says, you know I love you. He asked Peter, do you agape me or agape me? Which is a, it's a, it's the highest form of love. It's a sacrificial, unconditional love. Peter, do you do this? Peter was reluctant to claim to love him like that because of the humbling experience he went through because he denied the Lord after saying he was ready to die for him, right? So Peter came, came to a level, I phileo you or I'll be a good friend with you kind of love. And uh, so understanding Greek definitions, just using a dictionary, can help bring color to the communication, the revelation of Scripture. In Hebrew, there are seven different words that are often translated praise. Five of them are in Psalm 145. That's why we chose this psalm in this series. We're looking at a psalm and then talking about a different aspect of worship every Sunday. And... <clears throat> In this particular psalm, Psalm 145, there's five different Hebrew words for praise. Some of these words are used hundreds of times throughout the psalms, and more than once, even in this particular psalm. The first word we'll look at is the word Barak. Can we say Barak? Barak. We had a president named Barak. It's a good word. 
means to bless. It means to kneel as an act of adoration. It's to praise. It's to, it's to praise the Lord from a humble position. When you're kneeling, you're not at your best position physically, not even comfortable sometimes, but it's a sign of humility. First verse, I will bless your name forever and ever, or I will brock, or I will praise your name forever and ever. In verse 2, there, is it, there it is again. Every day I will kneel before you. Every day I will bless, or I will brock, or I will praise you. Next word is the word halal. Can we say halal? The word hallelujah has this in it. Halal to Yahweh. It means to rave, to boast, to celebrate, to shine, uh, to clamor foolishly. What's the name of the basketball team from Toronto? If the Raptors win this series, you're fixing to see a bunch of formerly reserved Canadians start halaling in the streets. Verse 2 continues, I will praise or I will halal your name forever and ever. I'm going to rave about you, Lord, how wonderful you are forever and ever. Verse 3, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised or greatly to be halaled. He's worthy. See that? Next word is the word Shabbat. This is one of my favorite words. Can we say Shabbat? You've got to say it loudly. Shabbat. It means to address loudly, to shout, to triumph. One generation shall Shabbat your works to another. Now, we won't say which generation is louder than the other. Generally, musically, the younger generation always, I think as we get old, our ears get less, uh, you know, when I got married, my wife liked music loud. Now, not so much. Uh, but as we get older and we have kids, then we start yelling at the kids. That's too loud. We're shabaking, but in reverse. It's supposed to be shabaking his praise to one another. Raise the volume on your halals. It's not just, Lord, you're awesome, you're great, you're wonderful, oh man, there's nobody like you. It's, God, you're awesome, you're great, oh, there's nobody like you. Putting your heart and soul into it. The fifth word is yada. Can we say yada? It means to revere with extended hands. To thank. I'm glad to be here. You go to some secular concerts. We're not just talking rock, we're talking country. People on the front row got their hands raised in time to the music, but they're revering. They're glad to be here. I'm letting go of my inhibitions. I'm surrendering to the moment, and I'm showing respect to my favorite artist. If that's true in the secular realm, how much more is our God worthy of our respect? Maybe it's hard for you to raise hands, raise your hands to the Lord in public. It's just, you know, you're a Psalm 4610 guy. Be still and know that I am God. Um, if that was the extent of the worship experience, why would we have all these other words? 
And when does being still and knowing that God is God shine the most? Not in church. But it shines the most when all hell is breaking loose in your life and you're not. Problems galore, surprises, things you didn't expect are coming your way. The whole world's coming down on you. You want to open a can on somebody, but you're being still and knowing he is God, this situation is not, and I'm going to trust you, Lord. So you, so you daw back to the sermon. I'm sorry I run on rabbit trails sometimes. It's to revere with extended hands. All your works shall yoda you, Lord. Shall raise their hands to you, O Lord, to revere you. And your saints shall barak you. The next one is tehillah. It's a laudation. It's a hymn. It's a song. We tehillah when we sing our praises to the Lord. Verse 21, the last verse of this psalm. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. My mouth shall speak forth musically the tehillahs of the Lord. Who did that here today? All flesh shall bless or barak his holy name forever and ever. Psalm 149.1, sing to the Lord a new song. His praise or his tequila in the assemblies of the saints. Too many saints know about tequila, but not so much about tequila. You know, when we sing... Praise to God, we're doing tequila. You know, when Jesus cleansed the temple, he did it twice, the beginning of his ministry and at the end. Um, <clears throat> John is the first time, and then the other gospels cover the other time. And one of those occasions, he rebuked them and quotes from the Psalms, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. They were setting up shop Selling, making money, merchandising, worship in the court of the Gentiles. The place where the nations that were non-Jewish were allowed to be to see the word of God in action. And they crowded it out for the, not, not for the dime, but for the Roman coin. That psalm he quoted, my house should be called a house of prayer, is not the word tehillah, but the word for prayer is the word tefillah. My house should be called the house of singing prayer. But you've made it a den of thieves. So when we come to church to worship and praise the Lord, we're praising Him, but we're also singing prayers. We really are. That's what God's house is to be for all nations. Next is the word zamar, which means to pluck the strings or play the keys or strike the strings, to make music, to sing with instruments. While I live, I will praise the Lord or I will halal the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. I will sing, my, I will sing zamars to God while I have my being. I will sing with musical accompaniment. Now there's a particular stream that doesn't like to be called a denomination that forbids musical instruments in their worship. Acapella music is awesome when it's done well, but not so much when it's not. 
And I know that God loves it because we're to make a melody in our heart to Him, right? But to remove one aspect of praise, taking instruments out, how does that bring glory to God? Where are instruments declared to be a, uh, a sin? Well, the New Testament doesn't mention instruments. It does. There's harps, and there's trumpets, and there's praise and worship. All four in the book of Revelation. So, get a life. They're not forbidden. And the fruit of it is good. Well, we're to make a melody in our heart. That's true, we are. But we're also to express it with our mouth, right? From our heart. So it's possible to sing and perform vocally and not really have our heart in it, just the same way with an instrument. You can play an instrument with all your heart or just to show off. Uh, Due to a lack of skill... I substitute lack of skill by adding more heart into my plane, and that's why I break strings a lot. (laughs) Psalm 147, praise or halal the Lord, for it is good to sing praises or zamars to our God, for it is pleasant, and praise to Hila is beautiful. So it's good to sing with musical accompaniment, and singing is beautiful. So we're to do this. It's a good thing. God likes it. And 149.3, let them praise or halal his name with the dance. <gasps> Dancing? Let them sing praises or zamar to him with the timbrel and harp. Let them worship with percussion and stringed instruments. And let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If we praise him with your breath, you do that vocally, but also with wind instruments as well. And finally, todah, which is also extending the hands in giving thanks. Yodah and todah are similar. And some verses for that is sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. That's todah. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God. In Psalm 50, 23, whoever offers praise glorifies me. Whoever offers todah with their hands raised glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. So let's do a quick review. And then we're going to do a little application. There's Barak. Can we say Barak? To bless, to kneel is an act of adoration, or as often translated, to praise. There's halal. Can we say halal? It means to rave, to boast, to celebrate, to shine, to clamor foolishly even. Shabbat. Can we say shabbat loudly? It means to address loudly, to shout, to triumph, to give volume to your praise. Yada, which is to praise or revere with extended hands or to thank. Can we say yada? Tehillah, can we say Tehillah? Not Tequilah. <laughs> Laudation, a hymn, a song, it's, it's to sing or praise. Zamar, can we say Zamar? means to pluck the strings or strike the strings to make music, to sing with instruments. And finally, Todah, can we say Todah? means to extend the hands in giving thanks. I want us to do this today. 
If you're able to kneel, if you're not able to, just have a posture of kneeling in your heart. Okay? If you're able to kneel, just get out of your seat, face, face me here because I'm still teaching, or sit, you don't have to face me, but face where you can see a screen. We're kneeling in adoration to God. You know, one day every knee, both knees, <laughs> are going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess. In Hebrew, they're going to say Yeshua HaMashiach, that Jesus Christ is Lord. In Spanish, every language. In Spanish, they're going to say Jesus Cristo esta el Señor. Pardon my bad accent. English, Jesus Christ is Lord. In Swahili, Yesu is Lord. And so we're not waiting on that judgment day when everybody's going to do it. We do it in advance. Don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now, the old song says. So we're kneeling before the Lord in adoration and praise. Next is halal, which is to boast foolishly or to make a show of it. So all of us simultaneously, if we all do it, then nobody's going to look weird, right? Unless you're, unless you're not doing it. But let's just tell God what he means to you. Just, just kind of get carried away. Lord, we love you. We care about you. Thank you, Lord, for saving us, redeeming us, adopting us, and blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Hallelujah. Next is Shabbat, all right? Let's, let's do our halal, but with some increased volume. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. We give you glory and honor and praise to you. Hallelujah. It's, it's to cheer. Give me a J. Give me an E. Give me an S. Give me a U. Give me another S. Who's the King of Kings? Who's the Lord of Lords? Who's coming back again? Then is your da, which is to throw your hands upward. Now, maybe maybe you're not used to raising your hands. Do this in private if you're uncomfortable, but it's a sign of surrender. You know, if if you're stopped by the police, they want to see your hands. You're showing them, I don't have any weapons. I'm not resisting your authority. I'm respecting what you're doing here. Don't shoot me, right? Don't shoot me. It's a sign of surrender. Lord, thank you for your mercy. I don't want anything between you and I. I respect you. Little children raise their hands. Pick me up, Daddy. It's honor and praise to him. Then to Hila, to to sing your praise vocally in song or shouts. Let's sing that little chorus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You know that word is called a universal word in every language except Latin. Hallelujah, but... It's a Hebrew word, so you can tell somebody, hey, we sang in Hebrew today. Next is Zamar, to praise with instruments, alone or with voices. So can you just hit the A chord? All right. People over here sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. People here, hallelujah. 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 All right, let's do that together. 